Hello, Grace Church family and friends. It's so good to be with you again. I'm really looking forward to the ministry of the Word today on part two of Fixing Our Focus. And we're going to be looking at the Gospel, Mark chapter 8. And we're going to begin with looking at the story of Jesus healing the blind man. And what's interesting about this particular story is that it's a, this physical healing of blindness, it occurs right between two examples of the disciples' blindness, and it serves us as a paradigm for the spiritual healing for, for the disciples' sight, which also comes gradually and with some difficulty. And so we need to just take a moment and read this. I'm going to read from a, a Mark chapter 8. I'll begin reading at verse 21, and then we're going to be looking at the, the previous story to that where Jesus is warning them about uh, the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod, and he's challenging them on their inability to see. Then also the story right after that where Jesus again makes a statement to Peter where he said, you're seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's perspective. And so I think it's quite interesting, and I think it'll be very enlightening for us and certainly uh, will help us to fix our focus on God and, and not allow ourselves to be distracted and, and to be classified as uh, being spiritually blind and not being able to see like the blind man here. He saw men walking, but they looked as trees. They looked like trees walking. So he had vision, but it wasn't, he didn't have it with clarity. So Jesus ministering, ministers to him the second time, and he receives uh, clearly his vision. That's our goal is that we want to be able to, to, to fix our focus so that we can clearly see everything pertaining to our life from God's perspective and not merely from human perspective. So join with me as we read from uh, beginning at verse 22. Jesus heals a blind man. It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Everything clearly. That's what, that's what our goal is when we're talking about fixing our focus, is that we're not seeing with blurred vision, we're not being distracted, but we see everything from God's perspective, and we are seeing it clearly. And so the, the, the two examples uh, of uh, spiritual blindness being healed, uh, the, the first one is, begins right there at verse 31 through 33. And then the second one that we're going to be looking at is uh, verse uh, uh, 14 through 21. And this, this particular story of, of the blind man being healed uh, is kind of sandwiched in the middle there. But the stories on both sides of this are going to help bring clarity to us tonight and help us to, fi to uh, fix our focus. All right, so let's go right into verse 31 through 33. As we look at the examples, the bookends to this particular uh, healing. In verse 31, Jesus begins to tell them, the son of man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. 
that he would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. For saying such things. Verse 33, Jesus turned around and looked at his disciple, then reprimanded Peter. And listen to what he's saying here. He said, get away from me, Satan, for you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God. That's a powerful, powerful statement. And that's something that uh, when we're talking about fixing our focus and the reason we want to be fixing our focus so that it's not spoken over us as it was spoken over Peter that we are seeing things merely from a human point of view, but rather that we learn to see things in life all things that pertain to our life and our godliness, that we see it from God's point of view or from a kingdom perspective. So it's very interesting that as uh, Jesus asked the blind man in verse 23, he said, can you see anything now? In verse 27, so he will ask the disciples, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? Notice this in verse 27. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the village near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And here's where Peter uh, speaks up. Peter replied, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. So Peter does see. He has, a, he has a, uh, what we could refer to as a revelation. He has insight. He recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's not just another prophet, that he's not Elijah, he's not John the Baptist or any other prophet, but he recognizes him as the Messiah, but he only has partial Sight. His vision is still not focused, and he only has partial sight as Jesus rebukes him in the, in, in the next couple of verses, verses 1 through 33. And verse 33 makes very clear when Jesus finishes, uh, when he, when he uh, tells Peter, says, get away from me, Satan. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. So Peter sees the equivalent of trees walking around like the blind man that was healed. When Jesus first prayed for him, he said, yeah, I see, but I see people walking. They look like trees walking. I'm not seeing very clearly. But so we're recognizing here that both Peter and the disciples, they require a second touch from God in order to, to uh, fix their focus, to have things become clear for them before they see things clearly. That the, and what they need to be seeing here is that the Messiah must suffer and die and be resurrected. They failed to see that because Jesus was giving them a heads up that I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be buried, but on the third day I am going to be resurrected. And our lives many times are, are we, we struggle, we stumble over the same hurdle, and that is that 
um, there's a promise in God's word for us, but we don't see the end result of it yet. It was hard for them to comprehend that Jesus, the one they loved, the, the, the teacher, the Messiah, the one that has come to redeem them, they, I, they could not wrap their mind around the idea that he was going to be, uh, that he was going to suffer, to be, that he's going to be crucified, that he's going to be buried. Um, and then on the third day, to be resurrected from, from, the, from the dead. So it was very difficult for them. And, 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 and you know, we have to be fair to them. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, so it was much more difficult for them to comprehend it. We look at it from a, a historical standpoint, so it's a, it's a bit easier for us to comprehend. But there are promises in, in the scriptures concerning our lives, so things that haven't manifested yet, things that are promised uh, to us, and, and we haven't experienced them yet. And, and those are the things that we have a tendency to lose focus of, and, and things become blurred to us, and we become distracted. But like Peter and like the blind man, they needed a second touch from God. And our, our goal here, one of our goals here is, is, to, is to always be open to a fresh touch from heaven and to always be ready to uh, adjust our focus and, and to fix our focus because it's so easy to, for things to, to get out of focus. And so let's, let's just continue to be sensitive to the things of God and be sensitive to uh, God leading us and, and prompting us. And you know, sometimes when we think of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and Jesus being the good shepherd, and his sheep hear his voice. They know his voice. Uh, we don't think of his voice as being uh, something that he said to Peter. He said, you know, when he said, get behind me, Satan. You know, I'm, if, if we heard that coming from God today, we, we'd probably just, uh, you know, lock ourselves away and, 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 and give up. But Peter didn't give up. He, he, stayed, he stayed true and, and he did come around and he did gain his sight. His focus was fixed and he was able to continue on. So Peter, speaking of Peter, he suffers from a series of uh, uh, a, a serious relapse of blindness, a lack of focus uh, in his denials. In, later in the book of Mark in chapter 14, where Jesus predicted that Peter would deny him three times. And Peter, of course, denied that that would happen. That'll never happen and, and so forth. But when, when you read it, we know that it did happen. Peter did end up denying that he even knew Jesus. And so he exhibits a, uh, a case of blurred spiritual vision. And that, but it's one that Jesus can remedy for him, and he can remedy any type of blurred spiritual vision that we have, any discouragement that we have, any uh, attitudes or mindsets of, uh, I thought I knew him, but I'm not even sure I know him anymore. I thought I loved him. I thought he loved me. I'm not, I don't know if he loves me or if I love him. And just life just seems to be out of focus. The good news is another touch from heaven that second touch from Jesus, or perhaps a third touch or a fourth, fourth touch, it really doesn't matter how many touches we need. God is here for us, and he will always be here for us. And as we continue to, to look to him and, and, and trust him to, to help us with clarity and fixing our focus, he'll, he'll never give up on us. He who began a good work in us is going to complete it until, it's, until the day of redemption. And so in verse 33... Jesus made these statements that you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God. That leads me into the, into the other bookend, to the blind man being healed. And it's a story prior to this, and it begins in verse 14. So let's go ahead and read those verses, and we'll go ahead and go through those. Verse 14, 
says, but the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. They only had one loaf of bread with them in the boat. Now, a little background to this. We can't take much time on it for the sake, for the sake of time, but uh, the chapter 8 begins with Jesus feeding the 4,000 with a few loaves and a few fish. And he, he took the few loaves and he took the few fish and he lifted them up to heaven and he blessed them and he gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the multitude. I want to say that one more time. Jesus, he took the few loaves and the few fish and he lifted it up. He lifted up the few fish and the few loaves to heaven and blessed it and then distributed it to the disciples and the disciples distributed the few loaves and the few fish to the multitude and they had more than they could eat and they had plenty left over. So the miracle of, the, of the, the miracle provision here took place through the hands of the disciples. Just make a mental note of that. Jesus blessed it, gave it to the disciples. The disciples gave it to the people, and it just kept multiplying because Jesus had blessed it, but it was through their hands that it was distributed. So the miracle of provision was distributed through the disciples' hands. Now they're on a boat, again, going to the other side, and, uh, and, and Jesus, and they had forgotten to take bread, and, and they're all concerned about this. And that's why Jesus challenges them on it. And so uh, let me start again at verse 14. So the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. They were crossing the lake and Jesus warned them, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. So they had just experienced a miracle of a few loaves and a few fish feeding thousands of people. Now they're in a boat, the disciples and Jesus. So let's just assume there's 13 people, 12 disciples and Jesus. There's 13 people and one loaf where they had thousands of people and just a few loaves and a few fish, and that was enough. Now they're in the boat with the same Jesus, the same bread of life, the same manna from heaven, the same miracle provider, the bread of life, He's with them in the boat. They have one loaf, and they are all of a sudden, they're distracted. They're out of focus, wondering, wow, how did this end up? How did we end up in the boat with only one loaf? And Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And kind of wonder, well, how do you throw that in there? Well, yeast, you know, it's a, it's a type of sin. And also yeast in the baking of bread, it doesn't add to the content of the bread. It simply makes it rise up, and it looks larger, and it, and it looks, you know, it, it, it just... It looks better. It looks like it's going to be tastier. It's like a dinner roll versus a matzo cracker. And if I had a matzo cracker in this hand and a, and a nice dinner roll in this hand, you'd probably say, I want the dinner roll. Well, it's really not any more nutritious. It might even be less nutritious, but it sure looks a lot better. So Jesus is saying, beware of the leaven, of the yeast of, of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now, the yeast of the Pharisees, the yeast of the Pharisees, the Pharisees here represent the culture. Their focus was on the culture. Their focus was on the value system of that day and time. 
their focus was on the religious tradition and you know the law of Moses from a legalistic standpoint. That's they were very fixated on that. That was their primary focus. And Jesus saying, "Beware, be, be beware of the yeast of the Pharisees." So it's culture, value system, religious tradition. Not, not all religious traditions are wrong, but the, the traditions that are to be laid uh, put aside in order for Jesus and the Holy Spirit to to, to govern our lives. You know, it, it becomes it becomes that uh, yeast that Jesus is talking about. So, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. So, the Pharisees are the culture, value system, religious tradition. They're legalists. Herod here is is, is a representative of. Government, so it's a political focus and it's a government focus or a government mindset. So the mindset of, of Herod would be everything, uh, everything re- evolves and revolves around politics, and we, we always look to government to fix, or we look to government to protect, or we look to government for whatever, whatever they may be doing. Not that government has a role, and culture has a role, religious tradition has a role, and that they're all important, but none, uh, neither the cultural focus nor the political focus or the government mindset should, should ever be um, elevated above the kingdom mindset because we must always keep in mind that the kingdom of God transcends both culture and politics and it is superior to both. Reminds me of Matthew 6.33 where we're instructed to, to, you know, in those verses in, in Matthew chapter 6, not to worry about what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, but that, but that we are to be... Uh, Seeking first, a solution to not worrying is to be seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things would be provided for us. Again, it's it's the concept there is that fix your focus on the kingdom. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the one that can touch you and and bring, uh, bring your vision, bring clarity to your focus, bring clarity to your vision. And so continue to look to him and, and ask him to touch you again. Jesus may be asking you, how are you seeing things right now? Just like he asked the blind man, you know, what's it looking like? How are you seeing it? What's your perspective? And, and then it's not in alignment with him. Have him touch you again and say, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you'd open up the eyes of my understanding and, and, and bring me into, into a revealed knowledge of, of uh, what all took place with your, with your crucifixion and your burial and your resurrection. And how's that applicable to my life today? Help me see the, the, the application of that and how, how that affects my life today and, and, and the benefits of that. So seek first the kingdom and, and his righteousness and all the other things will be added to us. Add it to us. And thank God they're added to us. So again, in verse 15, watch out, beware, Watch out and beware the very strong, emphatic words. And so it's not something we just take lightly. Let's be honest with ourselves. What are we being, what is, distract, what is distracting us? What is causing our focus to be out of kilter? What, what is bringing a blurred vision to us? Where are we looking? What, 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 have, what have we been paying attention to? Primarily paying attention to. Again, government has its place. Culture has its place, but it should never always remember that the kingdom of God transcends and is superior to both, to the Herod and to the Pharisees. So 
First and foremost, make seeking the kingdom of God a top priority in life. So watch out, because the reason being here is that uh, like the disciples, our problem is not simply our blindness, but our failure to recognize that we are blind or out of focus. That's the real challenge. It's not a problem with having spiritual blindness. God can remedy that. But when we are blind to the reality that we are blind, then we're not looking to God to fix our focus. And we are looking to the hair, we're looking to the Pharisees, and we're looking everywhere but to the kingdom. So, uh, so, so watch out. It's a stern warning, a very emphatic. Watch and beware. Watch and beware. So what happens next after Jesus tells them to watch out about uh, the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now, this is the disciples in the boat that just experienced the, 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 uh, the feeding of the 4,000, supernatural provision for the 4,000. And, and Jesus is telling them to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and, and of Herod. And because they had been arguing in verse 16, it says, at this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. And Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, why are you arguing about no bread? Do you, don't you know or understand yet? Don't you know or understand yet? Now, the word yet there, you might think, well, that's not all that significant, but it really is significant because it tells us that Jesus is, is uh, holding on to hope that at the moment, they're not understanding, but they're going to. At the moment, you may not be understanding. At the moment, you're, you may think, man, I'm completely out of focus. Everything is blurred in my life. I'm not seeing anything clearly yet, but you're going to. You're going to. Jesus can give you another touch and things can clear up for you. He can bring clarity to the thing that's been confusing uh, to you. He, he's the one that can bring clarity and cause your vision uh, to be focused so that you can see clearly. So I'm digressing there with the word yet. But anyway, it's a good word to digress on. So don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Now, what I see here in, in wrapping this up today is that there are several dangers arise when we become like the disciples, when we're focused on our concern for material well-being. You know, the first danger is that we begin to doubt in Jesus' ability to provide and we begin looking to other sources. We begin to doubt in Jesus' ability to provide for us, and we begin looking to other sources. Again, back to the stern warning. Watch out. Beware. The yeast of the Pharisee, the yeast of Herod. So danger number one is uh, don't allow doubt to creep in and, 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 and to consume you and, and, and to wipe out any faith or confidence or trust that you have in Jesus Jesus' ability to provide for you, and, and you find yourself looking everywhere but to the kingdom of heaven. The second danger I see here is that, uh, in, in these verses, in, in being out of focus, and, and the reason we stay out of focus is like I mentioned, like the disciples, it wasn't their blindness, but not even being aware that they're blind, that's the real challenge. It's when we are blinded, we're out of focus, and we're not even aware of the fact that we're out of focus. We think we're seeing things clearly. You think 
seeing people walking around looking like trees is normal. Uh, that's not normal. That, that, you know, we, we need to refocus. We need to fix our focus. The way you're seeing things, you may think, well, it's normal because you've, you've acclimated to it, but it's not normal if it's not in alignment with kingdom principles. So allow a touch from Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to bring that correction uh, in that vision and, and to fix your focus. So the so second danger is we begin to undermine community by arguing, arguing with one another. Verse 16, and they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. It's still back. They're still stuck on this issue of bread, which I, I find it humorous uh, because they just experienced the miracle of a few loaves feeding 4,000 people, and they were the ones that distributed the miracle through their own hands. And so you would think that they would uh, not have a problem here with being on a boat with only one loaf with the bread maker, the bread of life, the bread of heaven on the boat with them. The third danger we want to be looking out for and to protect our hearts is that the never-ending pursuit for daily bread distracts us and takes our focus away from obeying fully God's will. If the disciples fix their focus, they will see that God provides. They will see that God provides. My challenge to all of us today is allow God to fix our focus. Now, remember Peter. Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others said, no, one of the prophets. And Peter said, you are the Messiah. So he had that right. You can, you can have clear focus on, 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 on a revelation from God's word. That doesn't automatically mean that you have clear revelation, that your focus is clear in every other area of scripture. That you, that, you know, so don't guard your heart and, and be open and to be receptive. The never-ending pursuit. Just can continue that pursuit of, I want to know more. I want to know you like I have never known you. I want to experience you like I have not yet experienced you. And, and God is right there for us. You know, you just, let's just admit there's areas in life where things, uh, what we're seeing looks no different than what the blind man was saying. When I see people, but they look like trees walking. Definitely was a focus problem. Definitely was blurred vision. But Jesus didn't condemn him. He just, he just touched him again a second time. And, and they said, I can see things clearly now. That's my heart's desire. I want to see things clearly. I want you to see things clearly from heaven's perspective, from heaven's perspective. And so those are the three warnings that I, I want to uh, share with you. Number one, uh, we begin to doubt in Jesus' ability to provide. Number two was we begin to undermine community by arguing with one another. In verse 16, they started arguing. Uh, that's not an environment for miracle provision. That's not an environment for the loaves to be multiplied. Arguing, to, uh, uh, there's no unity in that, there's, and, 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 it, and it destroys community. And so make sure you don't get caught up in that. Uh, and number three, the never-ending pursuit for daily bread distracts us, and it takes our focus away from obeying fully God's will. It ties back in again with what I mentioned a few moments ago in Matthew chapter 6, where we're told to, not to be worrying about things, but that we are to be seeking first the kingdom of heaven. And all these things, all things, would be provided or given unto us. So as the disciples... 
And if the disciples and when the disciples fix their focus, they will see that God provides. Now, Jesus diagnoses their inability to see. In verse uh, 17, why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Do you still not know? Do you still not understand? And if you still don't know and you still don't understand, then, then be honest and admit that. But then also, why am I not knowing? Why am I not understanding? Am I looking to the wrong places? Am I looking to the wrong source? Am I listening to the wrong sources? Am I, am I caught up with the, the, the yeast of the Pharisees or the yeast of Herod? Am I caught up in the political uh, Politics, the negative side of it? Am I caught up in, in all the other things that are going on among, among the Pharisees with the culture and just, just completely uh, you know, focused on that? Let's fix our focus. Let's get focused and let's, let's be looking to the kingdom of God. Let's be looking to the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus and his diagnosis for their inability to see or to hear, don't you know? or understand yet, are your hearts too hard to take it in? That's not only a question for the disciples, that's a question for you and for me. Are our hearts too hard to take it in? Am I not able to fix my focus? Am I not able to hear? Am I not able to see because of hardness of heart? You ask yourself that question. Are you having trouble focusing? Am I having trouble focusing on, on God's provision, on God's goodness, on God's mercy, on God's grace, on God's love, on the promises of God's word, of his provision, his protection over our lives? Am I having a hard time taking it in? And if I'm having a hard time taking it in, Jesus asked the very probing question here. He said, are your hearts too hard to comprehend this? Are your hearts, is there a fence in your heart? Is there a woundedness in your heart? Have you been hurt over and over again? And, and you've grown hard in that area. And this is something, you know, I have to protect my heart. You need to be, be, be protecting your heart. And we, we always need to be sensitive to that because life is real. The yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod, it's a very real environment that we're living in. And it's not a very pleasant environment. And we have to guard our hearts that we don't take offense, that we don't take sides, that we don't find ourselves arguing. The psalmist said that, he, he, that, that he, when he meditates in the word of the Lord day and night, he says he does not sit in the seat of the scornful, of the mockers. You know, he's not caught up in uh, arguing about all the things that are going on in the culture and all the things that are going on or not going on in government. He's not caught up in that. Not that we ignore it. Again, I can't emphasize enough. Government has its place. Culture is real. Religious tradition has its place. But the primary focus needs to be in our meditation and our thoughts need to be on the kingdom of heaven and to guard our hearts because out of our hearts flow the very issues of life. Life flows forth from our hearts, the very source of life flow. It says, you, uh, are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember at all? Don't you remember at all? And then he re, uh, asked them about, don't you remember uh, when I fed the 5,000? 
uh, with, with five loaves of bread. How many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? They immediately remembered that. So there was 12. I said, all right. Then uh, when I fed to 4,000, this just happened not that long ago. Uh, how many baskets leftovers did you pick up? And seven. Seven, they said. So they could, they could recall those answers, but yet I don't think they, they, they recalled the physical number, but they didn't recall the significance of the miracle took place, the distribution of it took place from God, Jesus blessing the meager supply, distributed it to the disciples, and the disciples distributed, distributed it to the people. This miracle took place through their very hands, and they still are not comprehending it. They remembered the numbers, but they didn't remember the heart of it. And, and he closes out here, don't you yet understand, do, don't you understand yet he asked them, the word yet there, tells me that there is hope. I don't understand things the way I want to understand, but there is hope. I'm going to. I'm going to continue to get more insight, more revelation as I focus on the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and believing that all the things that uh, have a tendency to uh, occupy all the bandwidth in my mind that when I want, and the things that want to tempt me to be concerned about in this life, whether it be food, shelter, clothing, whatever it may be, that when I seek first the kingdom of heaven, I'm coming to a place where I'm fully comprehending, I'm fully understanding, my, my, uh, my focus is fixed on the lordship of Jesus Christ, the very bread of life, and yours can be as well. Open up your heart and say, Jesus Right now, things are blurry. Things look like, you know, may look like, people may look like trees walking and other things look confusing to me. And this looks, this is blurred over here. And the financial resources, the supply for finances looks blurred and distorted to me. The, the peace is very distorted. I don't comprehend, I'm, I'm not able to see or to comprehend how I'm ever going to have a heart that's filled with peace and a mind that's guarded by peace. I'm not seeing it right now. Don't give up. Ask Jesus to touch you again, touch you again. So let me close out uh, today with praying for all of us for that fresh touch from heaven. And you can apply that to whatever area, maybe all of them that, I, that I've mentioned. There's so many others that I didn't mention. But whatever it is, and uh, however you need Jesus to touch you, believe that he can touch you and your focus can be cleared up. It can be fixed. And you're going to see clearly now. You're going to say, ah, I see it. I see it. I see it. That's where we want to be. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to come into our lives. And just as you, asked, just as you inquired of this blind man that you healed, you asked him, can you see anything now? Father, I believe that that's the question you're putting before us. Can we see anything now? Is everything blurred? Is everything distorted? Is there anything that we're seeing clearly? And Father, as we admit our lack of focus, we give it over to you, Father. And I'm asking you, Lord God, to touch me, to touch all of us, Lord, with a fresh touch from heaven, to open up the eyes of our understanding, bringing us into a place of, of knowing the reality and experiencing the fullness of the reality and the completeness of all that 
that you, God, worked in and through Jesus Christ and having him go to the cross and, and having him resurrected again from the grave and, and how that applies to our lives. Give us a clarity on that. Let us see that clearly, Lord God, and, and to wrap our minds around the reality that, that uh, we died with him and we were raised up together with him and that we're seated together with him. Lord, those things seem so abstract, but they're promises of your word. So bring us to a place where we see it. Bring us to a place of clarity. Fix our focus that we can rest fully upon you, that, that you're our provider, that you're our protector. We can trust you. When we lie down to sleep at night, our sleep can be sweet, believing that you are with us. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Name above all names. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Fix our focus so that we can see clearly to your glory and to your honor. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. God bless the rest of your day. And I hope that uh, your focus is being cleared up and that you're able to see things more clearly and you'll have clarity in your life. And along with that comes direction for your life and peace and purpose. And it's just, it, it's never ending. It just continues to unfold from there. So love you so much. Looking forward to seeing you next Sunday morning and you have a great day and a great week and we'll see you soon. God bless you.